and welcome to KeeperCast, the Keeper of the Lost Cities podcast. I'm Sammy. And I'm Tegan. And this is episode 15, brought to you by Mr. Forkle's Garden Gnomes. What a G! Fork man! <laughs> um, we have... Wait, sorry. Yeah. Um, we have two new messages this week. One was on Tumblr and one was on Instagram. Um, our first one was from Fiona Everdeen831 on Tumblr. It's a long one. Ooh. And it says, um, Hi, I am a huge fan of your podcast. I am so glad you guys started. I have tried thousands of Coddle podcasts and yours is by far the best. Huh, I wasn't aware there were thousands of Coddle podcasts. Um, I guess we're just joining anyway, the back. I guess. Um, yeah, anyway, back to the message. It says, you guys are blowing my mind and are so smart. I love the songs, and I appreciate you guys making them seem more special. I am so glad you guys mixed Harry Potter and Coddled, because those two things are my entire life. I agree that Tam is a Hufflepuff, and I just want to say the Malamelt is the butterbeer of Coddled. Thank you so much. I also want to know what you guys think Keith's new ability is going to be. Keep keepering. Oh, and the last one says... I also just realized that on your second episode, you were talking about Orly being silent when she first meets Sophie, and that's probably because she was nervous, I guess, to meet her daughter for the first time. Okay. First of all, thank you for your message. That was like an essay. There's a lot to unpack here. Yeah, she really put some time and effort into it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so first of all, yes, song twin love. We love the songs. <laughs> um... And, yeah, Tam being a Hufflepuff, 100% agree. Um, Malamont being the butterbeer of Coddle, that's something that has honestly never crossed my mind before, but, like, yeah, I can see it. It is kind of the same thing. I feel like they're, like, in the same branch family, you know what I mean? Like, they could... Right, yeah. Yeah. I feel like you could make both pretty similar. Yeah, and I feel like... Yeah, I think... Because I think there is actually butterscotch in the Malamalt recipe. There is. So, there's that. Yeah. Um, oh, as for the question, which is, I also want to know what you guys think Keith's new ability is going to be. Um, I've thought about this a little bit, I guess. Not a ton, but I personally think he's some sort of conjurer because of that line in, I think, Never Seen where, um, like, Keith had written down something about Gisela having him tested twice for conjuring, which makes it seem like he was expected to have that ability, but I don't think he's going to be an ordinary conjurer. I think there's some sort of extra skill that's going to be attached to that. So that's my theory. I haven't read that far. Oh, right. I forgot. I'm still waiting for my book. It's okay. I'm waiting for my book to come in the mail. But I was just like, he's getting a new ability? That's exciting. Yeah, so what what happens in Legacy is that um they is that they end up triggering this new the second ability for Keith that Gisela like did all this I don't I don't remember that much, but Gisela did all this like genetic manipulation stuff, I think, with Keith to get him that second ability. Um so then they Wait, did so that they- they modified him in real time or when he was younger? Um, again, I'm not sure. I think 
I think the what happened was that Gisela took like some elixirs while she was pregnant. So I'm not sure if it, that it was like a genetic thing, but it may have just been like something to affect Keith. A chain reaction by accident. Yeah. So then oh, okay. in Legacy, okay. that's the thing that they trigger. And then that ends up putting Keith in a coma, which is where the book ends. Oof, Keith is not thriving. Yeah, big oof. Alright, I feel like I know so much more. Alright, are those both the messages? Or just one? That was actually, yeah, that was all the first message. So the second one is, um, the second one's from Instagram. It's from Bring Dex Back. Wow, that is, that's a really, that's a really relatable I clap for your name. I clap for your name. (laughs) Bring him back. He needs more book time. Bring back Dex, 2K20. Um, so, yeah, this one actually, this one is a more of a question. Um, it's, it reads, uh, yeah, it reads, Hey, I love your podcast. I recently started rereading the Coddle books, and you guys bring up so many points I never thought of, so keep it up. So anyway, after listening to your most recent episode, I was kind of wondering if many elves are stopping or repressing themselves from liking not just the opposite sex because the matchmaking system only matched men with women. And I was wondering what you guys think about that. Ah. Yeah. I never thought about it that way. It's totally possible. It is. It is totally possible. And I think it definitely seems like it could be a part of the world that there's a sort of like heteronormativity or internalized homophobia that's going on because it seems like the matchmaking lists are very like reproduction driven they match people based on their abilities right to create the most perfect offspring and so they probably wouldn't yeah it's totally possible that there probably are gay and lesbian elves but they probably don't feel that acceptance in the lost cities right yeah although like to be fair we don't actually know a ton about the matchmaking system and whether it does only match people with the opposite sex so i think it's possible that like you could have an option to choose what gender you're matched with but it does seem a bit unlikely just due to again yeah the whole emphasis on genetics we also haven't met any same-sex couples yeah, and we haven't met anyone of the same, like, sex being in a relationship in the books. So, yeah, those were those were our two messages for this week. Both were super sweet and really well thought out. Yeah, I was going to say, like, really insightful. This week we started Everblaze. We read the first, how many chapters? Twelve chapters. It was the first twelve chapters? Yeah, okay. So... Yeah, the first 12 chapters of Everblaze. Um, what are your, like, what are your overall thoughts on Everblaze? I know we haven't, like, reread most of it yet, but going into this, what were your thoughts? Um, I think that, like, based on the last book versus this book, it I liked this one much more than the last one did because I felt like it wasn't just focusing on one topic, you know? Alden's mind break it actually felt like they were starting to move forward with the story it was less about establishing the world and more so starting in on the story yeah that's really true like 
especially reading this section, I was struck by like how little exposition there was. Like all the world building and stuff has been done already in the first two books. And now we're just like going right into Black Swan leaving messages and all that plot stuff. I also liked that um, we start with more of like an interesting beginning instead of like the other two books where it was more built up we immediately get into the story Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i agree in my notes for this book the first line is just kenrick (laughs) what are you waiting for (laughs) i think yeah so i feel like it's very (laughs) keefy We're, uh, we're going to be making a lot of Kenrick jokes over the next few weeks, aren't we? Yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> you shall be missed. Rip. All right. Do you have any things to start off with? Well, yeah, to start off with, I... Okay, so the prefaces are so short, I usually don't have that much to say about them. And they're all, like, kind of similar to each other as well. But this one, there was a line that I noticed... Um, which was, both sides of the glass survived the crash without cracking, but inside, Sophie shattered. And this is just so melodramatic. I actually, like, laughed out loud when I saw this. I was like, oh, Sophie. (sighs) Inside, we shattered. Hashtag emo. It's her evolution from horse girl to emo. So so wait, if if in exile she was horse girl... This book, she's emo. What was she in the first book? Confused. Confused. Confused to horse girl to emo. It's her evolution. She's a Pokemon. <laughs> she... And every book, she gets a new ability. Every evolution. <laughs> like, every new life stage, she gets one new ability, one new descriptor. And the council are just like, go, Sophie, go. Every book. Oh. <laughs> uh, I hate the fact that we have now linked her to Harry Potter, Percy Jackson, and Pokemon. <laughs> what can she do? At some point, we're gonna have to like compile. We're gonna have to do an episode where we just compile like all of the pop culture references we've made here. Just like <laughs> throw them all at you at once. Well, we made quite a few at Coldplay like two episodes ago. <laughs> yeah. So the book starts with they're doing. Some teleporting practice with Keith. And I love how in this in this chapter they're they're spending so much time pointing out how Dex is getting left out. Because this is something that doesn't stop ever. Foreshadowing, because he even gets less time later on. <laughs> True. Also like foreshadowing for the, the circlet, right? Because his whole motivation for that was like that he was so excited that the council was finally paying attention to him that he was like, Yeah, sure. I'll do this really suspect invention. Yeah, isn't that's when he makes the circlet, right? For Sophie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's all in this book as well. It is. I forgot. Oh no. Is it circlet in this book? After Oh yeah, yeah, the cir- the circlet is I know, I feel so book. bad for her cuz she's like in constant pain. I know. Yeah. All right, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're not there yet. Yeah, true. <laughs> but it's it's true, like, immediately after, like, all those headaches and the light stuff in exile now, you're like, oh, ability to restrict your time, here you go. I feel so bad for her. 
She's like 13 and they're like, we're going to punish you for how you were born. Seriously. Like, she's a a child. She's a middle schooler. Were you that smart when you were her age? No. No, I was a dumbass. Yeah, did your parents put you in custody in which you literally couldn't function and had to be sedated most of the day? No. They just put you in time out. Very different things than being tortured. Can we also give a little appreciation to Sandor, whom I love to ultimate pieces? I love Sandor. He's great. Like, he he tries so hard, Sophie's just too chaotic for him to hold. He's like, I'm just surrounded by these 13-year-old crackheads, and I cannot (laughs) control one of them. Oh my god, you saying that he's, he's the Sokka. Have you watched Avatar The Last Airbender? Yes! And that just got put back on Netflix. Yeah, I know. I've been, I've actually been rewatching it. I mean, not rewatching it. I've been watching it for the first time because I hadn't seen it before. Um, But yeah, he's, he's the Sokka of their friend group. With just less comedic input. Yeah. (laughs) I love Sandor, though. He just tries so hard and he fails so much. (laughs) And it's like, ugh. I just and also like I just feel so bad for him whenever Sophie like just Ditches runs away him. or gets out of his watch because like I mean like yeah good for Sophie but also like man poor Sandor <laughs> he tries I feel like Grady and Sandor late at night just like drink cuz they're just <laughs> so tired of Sophie uh, I was Oh, I don't know which one I was reading, but I've been reading the series to get caught up, right? And I had just read a couple weeks ago the part where we find out that Forkel is a twin. And Sophie, like, flings something down at all the bodyguards. And they're all like, what was that? What is that? Wartime. And everyone's like, it's okay. But I was like, the level of chaos. Seriously. I don't know. The truth is, like... Again, this is, like, kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but when she has those multiple bodyguards, like, it's, like, I, I get that it was supposed to be more protection, but really it's just it's just more chaos. It just gets worse with every bodyguard. <laughs> they just get better and better at ditching them. They're like, yeet. Yeah, true. The bodyguards are just, like, training for Sophie. She's going to become the best, like, what's the word? Like, thief but like doesn't steal anything is just really good at sneaking away from people yes they're just turning into her her into a great escape artist (laughs) yep pretty much oh i'm sorry i just love sandor i think he's hilarious no sandor is great and like um i've shannon messenger said somewhere i don't remember where that um every single book while she's writing it she considers killing off sandor in that book i'm just like no no don't do it ever please he has to survive if he doesn't survive i'm gonna like stop reading right he just deserves it he's been through so much he's probably lost so many nights of sleep over sophie he deserves a happy ending or at least get to see her graduate from foxfire right yeah Oh, that would be a really good ending, actually. If they graduate, like Fox to have Fire. it end at graduation, yeah. Because like you get to collect everyone in one place. That would be a lot for them to have happened. I feel like that might be what's happening, but I also feel like that's terrifying because 
so much has happened and they're only in like year five. True. It's it's very strange to think about their age because like the whole thing, like by legacy, Sophie's still only like 15, right? I think so. And that's like, oh my god, you're younger than me. I know, like, I just graduated high school, and I'm just like, she's that young? Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. Like, when I was 15, I mean, even now, actually, I still can't be trusted to do to make, like, a single good decision, so. I love how, like, here we are. Yeah, the council's like, we expect you to do these things, and she's like, I'm 13, y'all. I'm, a- I'm still evolving. <laughs> or it's like, at first, they're like, we expect you to do all these things. Heal Finton. Da, da, da. And then, like, five seconds later, or 500 pages later, they're just like, actually, no, we can't trust you. Here's a circlet to stop your abilities. And she's just like, oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> like, I guess how, that's how it is then. The council literally tortures a 13-year-old girl. And they're all like, okay, sounds like a good idea. Yeah. That's just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so many levels but um anyway back to to the section where we read they have some shenanigans in the void which is the place where they go to teleport and they end up in um in san diego by sophie's old house oh i love how amy's initials are arf i feel that my sister's initials are is bob so like bob that's fabulous i know right like, initials are just wonderful sometimes. Oh, and Dex's initials are dad. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but that seems <gasps> so in character for Kessler to do. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. <laughs> Wait, do we know anyone else's initials? Um, Fitz is F-A-V. That was, like, pointed out. Fave. Because it's, like, fave, yeah. <laughs> well, we know who Shannon's favorite character is. <laughs> Could have been a little more subtle about it, but I stand. Oh yeah, Bianna also manifests this chap, not this chapter, but this set of chapters. I just remember that. Yeah, yeah. So that's really cool. So yeah, Bianna's a vanisher now. She's also evolving. I love that for her though. Is did she manifest younger than Fitz? Or was she right around? I think she did, Aww, yeah. Yes, Wonder Boy is taking down a peg. Feel the pain. Yeah, so in San Diego, there's they just go right into the Black Swan stuff. Like I said, there's like the Mr. Forkle's garden gnomes are in like a formation of a constellation. They find a note there, which apparently has just been like sitting there. For who knows how long, because they were just like, well, at some point, maybe Sophie would come back here and find it. I love, I would have loved to see, like, that scene of Forkle trying to explain it to the Black Swan. Like, no, trust me, guys. It's a good idea. Trust me. And they're like, why would we do this? And he's like, no, it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see what else. We're, oh, and then we're going to ha- Candleshade next. Uh, Keith's parents. Bad. Don't like them. Yeah, it must be terrible to live with an empath. Can you imagine being married to him? Ew, I would hate to be married to him. (laughs) Seriously. Like, I don't know. I want to know, like, were they in love? 
Did Giselle actually love him? Was it for something else? Who knows? I could see their marriage as a total, like, economic proposition. Like, I benefit, you benefit. We don't actually like each other. Something in Candleshade is that they have, like, the spinny thing, the Vortinator, which I just, I just remember that personally because I don't remember anything that happened in Everblaze. I don't remember anything that happened in the series. I think that's established by now. But once I was reading a fanfic that included um, the Vortinator in it, and I left a comment being like, oh, that's so, that's so cool that you thought of this Vortinator. It sounds exactly like something that would exist in the series. And then they responded like, actually, a Vortinator is, it's, it's in the series. It's canon. I was just like, oh, oh man. <laughs> Well then, now that we got that out of the way, it's still cool. So yeah, that's what I'll always associate with Vortinators now. <laughs> that's totally something I would do too. Uh, and then we get Elite Master 10,000 because he's all cool and stuff. I also like that when we get to the sanctuary, he's like, yeah, you can teleport in, right? And she's like, how did you know? And he's like, well... They can't teleport out, so how do you think you could teleport in? She's like, ooh, kind of stupid. Pointing out how bad Sophie's plans are. Glad someone did. Actually, yeah, this is just the book of Sophie making her iconic, terrible decisions, right? Because this is also the book where she tries to probe King Demitar's mind. Yeah. Which was... Yep. Yep. Honey, you need a, a real sense of common sense, because you don't seem to got, get one. I just screwed up that tent so bad. Sorry. <laughs> I was trying to say something, and then it just did not come out right. Maybe for when, like, the mid-exams come this year, maybe, like, Dex or Keith can, like, go buy Sophie common sense at a store. <laughs> Dex, like, brew her up a common sense elixir. Does that exist? I feel like she needs one. <laughs> she really does. <laughs> Happy graduation! Here's a bottle of common sense. <laughs> like, like, common sense as a graduation gift. I could use one of those. Oh, at the sanctuary. Jurek. I love this guy. Like, I totally forgot he existed, but I love him. He's... He points out constantly everything. ...constantly calling out the council. Yeah, like, he's like, yeah, the council is bad for these three reasons. And there you go. And he's also That's like, it, your plans are up. stupid. You should have thought this through. <laughs> he just, he has no fear. What a man. I love him. Next time they make a plan to do anything, they should just, like, have the sanctuary guy come help. Seriously. Seriously, just call up Jurek to, like... Is this a good idea? Fact check your plans. Not really. <laughs> that kind of sounds stupid. It's like I'm thinking of that meme of like the really thick book next to the really thin book, and it's like Coddle versus Coddle if Jurek actually helped them. <gasps> yes. <laughs> I saw another one of those where it was like Avatar the Last Airbender, normally with the big book, and Avatar the Last Airbender if Momo had a gun. Yes, I've seen that one too. I've also seen, um, I've also seen one with the second one being Avatar The Last Airbender if Appa started eating people. <laughs> it's just like Azula comes up and he's like, I'm ready to fight. And then Appa just eats her. 
<laughs> uh, but I do wish we saw more of him. He was just funny. He told it how it is. Yeah, he is a delight. The council and the, the Lost Cities have like six brain cells and he has five of them. <laughs> that is true. Kessler has the other one. I I do want Jurek to just like go up to the council at some point and just like roast them to their faces. I think that would be just so satisfying for to read. He just shows up in one of Sophie's trials. Y'all stupid. <laughs> Um, but yeah, something I did really like about Jurek and the whole Sanctuary section was that it focused on, like, the prejudice against talentless people, because that's something that's, like, it's been a thing. We've seen it with Kessler and some other characters, but, like, since Jurek is so direct, he's just calling it out. He's like, yeah, Keith, your dad hates me because I'm talentless. I really like that, like, Sophie, like, goes more into detail with that when she's, like, thinking about it, like, the Lost Cities think they're less than, but they're not. Because there's always prejudice everywhere you look in certain books, you know, with certain things. And it's just dependent on the society. And in this society, it's all about abilities. Yeah, so I thought I thought that was cool. Yeah, so uh, when they're in the sanctuary, they find out that there's a tracker in Sylvanie's tail, which was put in there by ogres, right? That's yeah, and we find out that it's made out of like metal that only the goblins have. Right. Yeah. I. Yeah, it's made out of like that special metal that. Okay, I don't actually remember if this was in the section or not, but there was there was Aramark, right on that tracker. Okay, maybe that comes in later, but there was like that. It's like an an enzyme or something that um, that like helped. It, it works as a tracker, so it leaves, like, that enzyme on on you, and then you have to, like, you know, there was that scene where they have to, like, melt off some of their skin in order to get the tracking stuff off. That was Aramark. Oh, that is not this section. <laughs> yeah, I know that, I know the, the melting bit wasn't in this section, but I can't remember if that was in this book or in Never Seen. It was... In one of the two. I think that one was in Never Seen. I think that comes later. Yeah, that... Yeah, actually, it seems like it probably was, because it's... Never Seen's more about the ogres. And then we also get to meet Greyfell, who I think is actually the one who gave Sophie the Alicor DNA. Because it, cause it was the only one known, so that would be the only, like, set of DNA they could have used at the time of Sophie. Because he has brown eyes. And stuff like that. True, yeah. Okay, so Greyfell is kind of Sophie's honorary dad. That's her father, Orlai and Greyfell. Family reunions ought to be awkward. Can you imagine, like, a wedding if she actually was, like, related to them? Walking her down the aisle. She just has, like, the reins of scared Greyfell. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, that would actually be really sweet. That would actually be really sweet if, like, at this hypothetical wedding, she, like, rode Greyfell down the aisle while Aww. holding hands with, like, Grady or somebody. That would be so adorable. Oh, we're back to Holden's fish tank-like aquarium after that. Welcome to my office. <laughs> Wait, no, I keep... His office, I keep... I keep messing up how to say this. It's his... 
it's his fish tank like yeah, office, office right or aquarium like office don't remember what the exact word is it's we'll just call it his office from now on welcome to step into my office um yeah so this is the part where he um tells sophie that the council has ordered her to heal not prentice but fenton which was just a bad decision <laughs> well they haven't decided on princeton's yet which is the one she wants to heal but they want her to heal Phaeton. Right, yeah. So they haven't... They're not sure about Prentice yet. Because, like, I guess technically he is a criminal. But, like, technically so is Fenton. So, shrugs. I just feel like they want him to be healed for the fact of, like, they want to see what he did. Because he's a pyrokinetic. Right, true. So they do want, like, access to those memories. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see um what... Prentice is like after his mind is healed because I feel like he's gonna know so much more about Sophie yeah yeah totally I maybe he's her father I'm joking anyone could be at this point (laughs) but um yeah yeah I'm excited to actually get like I hope we get an actual full-on conversation like with Prentice between Prentice and Sophie at some point and just like act where they actually finally share what they know as well as, like, he spent, he sacrificed himself for her. Because I feel like that would be such a cool thing for him to, like, actually inevitably meet her. Right, yeah. Like, have they even fully met yet? Not officially. I don't think Not so. Not officially. I think that his right. mind break was very early on in her life. Yeah, so it would be really cool for them to just be able to, like, sit down and talk. Oh, right after Alden tells Sophie about healing Fenton. He says his catchphrase, I'm sure there's no reason to worry. And just this this one in particular, he should get it just tattooed across his forehead. But <laughs> anytime he needs to say it, he just points on his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> or he gets like a business card that just has no reason to worry on it and just hands it out. <laughs> yeah, it's like a yard sign with it on. <laughs> but yeah, this one got me specifically, particularly, because it's just like, hmm, no reason to worry about Fenton's mind, or Fenton's healing. Huh. You think? Nothing's definitely gonna go wrong here. Everything's fine. Everything's sunshine and rainbows. Yep. No counselor is gonna die today. I don't know if we brought, we brought up how Bianca was, becomes a vanisher. Did we talk about... Like, how they each share their first times. They get to, like... They feel like their first time they get their abilities. Because B- Bianca, Fitz, and Keith all go through it. Like, they all talk about how they got their abilities. And I thought that was super cool how they went into it. Like, Fitz was like, I can read your mind now, now, now. And Keith was like, feeling people's emotions for the first time is intense. And then Keith, and then Sophie's like, um, subject change. Yeah, it was like a cool bit of like world building, sort of. Because we don't tend to talk about like how Keith and Fitz got their abilities. She just establishes they have them. Right, yeah. Mm hmm. But it must be like really weird, especially for Keith. Like, I know you said, like, yeah, it's really intense, but like to suddenly just be able to be like, just like, I don't know, high-five someone and realize, like, oh, 
Okay, I can feel your emotions now. I also, emotions are very independent and, like, specific to people. So I feel like they might be really specific for each person. Like, some person might be really sad, but they might be sad in a certain way. And he has to figure out how to detect that and distinguish it. It's interesting because, like, in Exile, right? Exile was all about, like, how people have these different emotions and reactions um, to the same thing. So, like, yeah, it's like, what if Keith had, like, read Fitz's emotions during that time? Would he have read more anger, more sadness, or, like, how would that have been interpreted? I think that's cool. I also feel so bad for Sophie because everyone else has such a happy type of appeal detecting, and then she just got screwed in that area with her, like, telepath. Right, yeah. Everyone's like, it's so happy, and she's like, I had a terrible experience. It's like, waking up in the hospital, suddenly hearing everybody's thoughts, definitely not the gentlest way to manifest. And no one telling her why it's happening. She must have been terrified as a young kid. Right, also she was like, five. And she had to choose to like, keep that to herself at five and also like i mean her other abilities too they weren't exactly like so painless in that regard everything manifests in the time of like great need right it's like you need like you need that life or death motivation to be like oh evolution i feel like her body at this point is like oh dang here we go again Oh, the next part of this section that was part that I really liked, um, it was when Sophie's like, okay, well, if, you know, the Black Swan's been sending me all these messages, I think I'm going to send them one back. Um, And I thought that was really fun and, like, a cool way to reverse it and show that Sophie's, like, been growing and it's it's all leading up to the ending of Everblaze, right? Where she's like, okay, I'm going to join the Black Swan. Like, it's like she's making more decisions on her own. Her 13-year-old, no common sense. Ready to join the Black Swan. <laughs> we also see um, Adeline and Grady moving on from Jolene's death. Because they're packing up her room. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that was... I don't I love. I love all the scenes with, with Jolie. And with, like, the ruins talking about Jolie and sort of working through that. I always liked how, like, they started off in the books really closed off to change, and because of Sophie, they start opening up to a new part of their lives, and I'm really glad of that, that Sophie helped them. It creates more of, like, a family feel. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you can really see, like, in real time how Sophie is helping them, you know, deal with their grief and move on and... Yeah, like you said, sort of open up and be more open to change. And then she starts packing away, like, Jolene's stuff. Oh, and then, um, so the last chapter of the section is where they go visit Brant. Mm-hmm, and he flips out. Yeah. It's, so he's, like, Sophie is, I think she probes him, right, to, like, try to determine if she'll be able to heal him or not. And then he's just like, no, he doesn't want to be healed at all. Mm-hmm. Isn't he one, is he, a, he's a pyrokinetic in, later on we find out. Yeah, yeah. So there was a bit of foreshadowing to that, actually. Because um, when he, like, grabs, 
Yeah, there's all this, like, fire in his mind, and then when he grabs Sophie's arm, he burns her. So that's, like, a pyrokinetic thing to happen. I feel like they should have realized that when they, like, what he, what his ability was when they she, he burned her. Or, so I feel like that would have been obvious. Well, did, did Grady and Adeline know? Maybe, and they kept it a secret because his mind was broken, so they didn't think he'd be of any harm to anyone. Yeah, so they didn't think they had to, like, tell Sophie about it. And they might have thought that Brant might have been sent away. True, yeah. Because the council is already afraid of pyrokinetics, and to think of one that has a mind break. Right. Yeah, that could be seen as, like, yeah, pretty dangerous. Yeah, in this chapter, there's actually, there was, like, a lot of foreshadowing, I think, too. Um, well, we find out that, you know, Brant is with the Never Seen later on in this book, so I think this was, this was, like, a really good setup for that. It also shows, like, Gritty's, like, he values her, Sophie, more than he values Brant. Right, right. Because he, which like, jumps also, in front of her. Yeah. Which is also, which is one, like, yes, they're a family. And then also, it does also, like, foreshadow the ending of it. And then we get to, she starts thinking about how if Brant doesn't want to be healed, Princeton's might not want to be either. Right, yeah. Which is, like, which is, like, an interesting thing to think about, because I don't think they'd ever really discussed before, like, the implications of what healing a mind would, um would do like we've thought about like how like we thought about how breaking minds is like a war crime and stuff but um it's true that you'd also need some sort of consent to heal a mind which feels like it'd be harder to get since the person you're trying to heal is broken as well as like they probably remember what it feels like even if you healed their mind it might break again I feel like it'd almost be, like, more likely to break again, right? Because you have that memory of, like, what it's like to be broken. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that would be really scary, too, to be able to have that in the rest of your, like, to have that for the rest of your life. And Alden's the only one who's ever been truly healed from it, so he's carrying that burden by himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd really like to see, like, how how he's dealing with that and, like, with being healed, because... It's like um, there was this line in the Brant chapter there where Brant says, like, nothing will ever be normal because nothing will ever bring her back. And it's like, it's kind of true that even though Alden's healed now, like, he's not, things aren't the same. And he'll never be the same. All right, cool. Um, are we ready to share social media then? Yeah. So um, you can find me at Mallow Melting on Tumblr and Instagram. You can find me at Boyer underscore Tegan on Instagram. I do not have a Tumblr. And if you want to send the podcast a message, you can send it to KeeperCast on Tumblr or the KeeperCast on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. Okay. Um, I think that's about it. Uh, this has been KeeperCast. See you next week.